0: to change the hairdo almost every conference a friend will say Sister Wendell you need to do something about your hair and I said my hairdo is just like the Lord He's the same yesterday, today and forever And I belong to the Dinosaur Society. I've been around a long time. And I'm from the South originally, so I speak slow. And that is bad when you're studying a foreign language because most of them are spoken very fast. takes me a while to say... What I want to say, and I, I know a lot because I've lived a long time. I actually, I've been serving the Lord now, I think it's 57 years that I've been in this truth. And I am meeting grandchildren in the Lord and great-grandchildren in the Lord now. I think that's wonderful. And in from many, many places on this planet Earth. Thank you for what you did for me a while ago. I appreciate so much um, thinking about it. Now, I have to confess, this ear was damaged by my husband shooting a gun over here. We happened to be going hunting in Ethiopia for wild pig. We ate pork. The Orthodox Church didn't eat pork, but we ate pork. And I forgot to take the safety off of my gun. And when the wild pig ran out, my husband was saying, shoot, shoot, shoot. Well, anyway, he shot. And I heard bells ringing for six months after that. And when the audiologist then asked me, well, what happened to the other ear? I said, church. Church. We have loud church, (laughs) and that's what got it, but it has steadily become worse, and finally the audiologist told me, said, for your own safety's sake, you need to get something, and I'm constantly, the grandchildren, they almost run from me. What did they say? What did they say? What did they say? So, thank you so much. I've never had such a thing thought of for me, and... I just appreciate it very much. I've, I have something on my heart today. I want to give honor to all these ladies that we've worked with and everything that's been done, and it, it does take so much to put something like this together. But there have been, I felt like last year was a wonderful year, and I was privileged to be invited back. But I feel the Lord is is going to be doing a very quick work from now on. A very quick work. There are forces that are building against Christianity. Never would I have believed it, But in our own country. We have been ID'd. You know, and... Some of our own agencies and even some of the people we have voted into office have not been our friends. Our educational system turned against our children and any concept they would have of God. And they have diligently worked to take that away from them. So I I told the ladies last night, I feel, I feel a war. And it's not going to be that we're going to be fighting out in the streets. I don't mean that. But we live in the end time. And we have inherited every demonic evil spirit that ever lived in any individual or operated anywhere on this earth. Hitler is dead, but the spirit of Hitler is very much alive. Mr. Stalin is dead, but that spirit is still very much alive. And I believe that the Lord has chosen us in this end time. If we could have chosen, allowed to choose a time, this would have been the most wonderful time. Hallelujah. Because we can see the end in sight. It's not projected way out there. I've thought a lot about the truth through the centuries of time. The dark ages. Where was it, Lord? How did it happen? And I have imagined many times in foreign countries, wherever, villages with a truth known in that village, among that family, among that. And when the elder who protected that truth felt his time of departure, I have imagined him calling the son and saying, I'm handing it down to you. It is the truth. There is only one truth, and it must stay alive. Hallelujah. And we didn't hear a great deal about it, even in history, Until the beginning of last century when we understood about this latter rain outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I spoke to a man uh, who was training an officer from India in one of our Air Force academies. That officer from India was a Hindu. They teach and believe in 33 million different gods. And most of them angry. And as they were discussing their work. And observing out into the heavens. This man who was filled with the Holy Ghost. Had witnessed to the Indian man. And finally. As the Indian man observed. All of these things. He said, you know, if there is a God, there has to be only one God. 33 million gods could not coordinate all of this. Praise God. So we, may I remind us all today, these wonderful ladies in conference, our leaders, our women who have the burden for it, And for all of you that support that work and are helps to that work, may I remind you that of all of the places, maybe another church in Stockton who teaches this truth, but the eyes of the Lord are upon this place today because this is where truth lives. This is where truth lives. And just as important As any of our worship and praise is our guardianship of that truth. Because if you get just one decimal past that truth, it can change from truth to untruth. And then we have missed it. But we guard diligently, hallelujah, not just for the truth, but for the love of the truth. If you don't have the love of the truth, hallelujah, you can abandon it, and you can change it. I I believe in the real. I believe in the real. Uh, the holiness issues that for some have been, uh, they never get out of nursery school because they have a problem with the holiness issues. They don't allow the Lord. But let me ask you a question this morning. For every person under the sound of my voice. If when we receive the Holy Ghost. And we are baptized in the name of Jesus. If we take on the nature of Christ. Do we not take it on? Then holiness is natural for him. So holiness should be natural to us it should not be offensive hallelujah hallelujah it should not be difficult it's something you don't really have to pray about because it's written out it's written out it's written out hallelujah and we live in that holiness with this one truth hallelujah in this end time God is going to do a miraculous work among his people. Let's worship him right now. I want to speak to you today
1: on a subject. Called Vision.
0: Vision. I'm standing in a vision. It was a vision in somebody's heart, Elder, Haney, others. And God has brought it. I'm also standing in a sacrifice. I never contributed one five cents to all. Of this, but somebody did. Somebody sacrificed a lot. And so it is a fulfillment of vision. But I want to draw some things to you uh, today. I want to challenge you because the time of the visitation has come. And if you allow it to pass without connecting into it, you're going to miss something. And you can miss more than you even imagine by not being aware of it. Jesus spoke of having ears to hear and not hearing and, uh, even a mouth to speak and not, not speaking. There is a time. The timing is upon us. Uh, one of the past presidents of the United States said it like this, far better. Is it to dare mighty things and win glorious triumphs even though we are checkered by failure than to take rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much or suffer much because they live, they live in a gray twilight zone that never knows even victory or defeat because they don't commit themselves to something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you ever desired a vision, if you ever desired, hallelujah, an inside look at what God is doing, if you ever wanted to be on God's connection list to tell you and inform you of what he's going to do and the awareness to where it gets past Oh, it's Sunday again. I have to get ready to go to church. Or it's Wednesday again. I have to get ready to church. I'm talking about something that puts you so in the middle of something. Hallelujah. That it's not even when you walk out those doors. You don't leave church. Praise God. You
1: take it with you. And you live
0: in it. I I need more monitor on this. I'm... Screaming and I'm afraid you're shutting me down. So help me. I'm having some voice problems anyway. There is a time. I want to read from the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 12. And in verse 22. He says, son of man. What is that proverb? that you have in the land of Israel, saying, The days are prolonged, and every vision faileth. Tell them, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I will make this proverb to cease, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But saying unto them, the days are at hand, and the effect, the result of every vision. For there shall be no more any vain vision, nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged For in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it, saith the Lord. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, The vision that he seeth is for many days to come. And he prophesies of the times that are far off. Therefore, say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. There shall none of my words be prolonged anymore. But the word which I've spoken shall be done, saith the Lord God. I, I will use our own personal call and life and how God did some things. As I talk to you about this vision, something that God shares with you and. You hold it there until you see it come to pass. My dad could have been a military man. He was. Uh, uh, he didn't believe in house robes. He believed in getting dressed when you got up and put your shoes on, and they needed to be polished from the night before. And there were one pair of shoes a year, and they were those ugly old brown oxfords, and I hated them. I still hate them. Some of the girls love them. I hate them. And my dad said, you know, you don't need a robe. You just get up and get your clothes on. Well, I've got a closet full of robes now, and I put it on when I want to, and I wear it all day if I want to. It's, um, Dad, I obeyed you when I was home. Yeah, My dad did not serve the Lord. He was not disrespectful of the Lord, but he didn't serve the Lord. My mother was Cherokee Indian. And she and my dad, they had their points of uh, debate (laughs) at times. My mother sitting in her chair in the living room says, Noah, there, there's a draft in here. Well, Pauline, there's not a draft in here. Noah, I know a draft when I feel a draft. There is a draft in here. After some moments, my father comes crawling down the hall with a candle lighted and the flame burning straight up. And he said, you see this, Pauline? There is no draft in here or this candle. My dad would rather be right than be president. After I received the Holy Ghost, I was the eldest. My name's Bobby. My sister's name's Billy. And the the awaited one, the son, was the third born. And he was named Noah after his father. Our last name was Blizzard. That caused many battles in school. And I told the ladies my sister wouldn't fight, so I had to fight for her, and I punched a few boys out. My sister got the Holy Ghost at 14, and she gave up all her cheerleading stuff. She gave up her boyfriend. She gave up the whole thing. I was 16, married, and still going to high school. I don't recommend it. And When my sister walked up the stairs one day in the school, uh, after having turned her back on everything and just going to church, one young man in my class, he started laughing at her, pointing at her, calling her a holy roller. I called him over to my locker where I was standing. And when he got close enough, I took his head and shoved it in my locker. And boom, boom, boom. And when I pulled him out there, I said, don't ever call my sister a holy roller again. But now I know what a holy roller is. I don't mind being called a holy roller. That's just a divine traveler. Hallelujah. 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 But my my dad... I wanted him saved. After I got the Holy Ghost, I got a burden for my dad. And in the same month that I received the Holy Ghost, I happened to be in the church with one of the other ladies at two something in the morning, uh, in a cold late November day, and we were praying. And it was just a little rug down the center of part of uh, of that church and a plank floor that the wind came through in very primitive country, oil field town. Uh, nobody owned anything really beautiful. And I was down praying for my dad, and I saw a vision. My dad, we lived close to the lake. I was the one that raced his speedboat. The son wasn't old enough yet. I was close to my dad. And as I prayed, I saw the vision. My dad was in a boat on the lake. And all of a sudden, the lake erupted in flames. And it was to burn my father up. And as I, in my vision, reaching for him, could not reach him, and just as the flames touched him, I saw a hand reach down under my father and raised him up out of that inferno. And I knew November 1959, my dad at some point in time was going to receive the Holy Ghost and he was going to be a saved man. He was not going to be a lost man. I had a vision of my dad that took almost 40 years to see it come to pass. But praise God.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Defend what God has shown you. Don't give it up to the devil. Hallelujah. We need a vision. God is about to do wonderful things on the earth. And we need to be connected. Praise
0: God. After... Many years, my husband is gone. I'm in evangelistic work. My mother is about to go down in Alzheimer's. A lot has changed. My dad would take me to the airport and come get me. And one morning at 5.30, God woke me up, and this is what he said. One day... He will drive you there, but another will pick you up. And I called my dad. I said, This is it. No waiting, no more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to do it. He said, Honey, I've been walking out in the woods in my walk and I've been repenting and I'm ready now to be baptized. Hallelujah. My dad was 81 years old when I put him down in water. In the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. But it started on the floor of a little old country church. My God, look at what we've got here now. We're not a country church. We can put our faces on the carpet of the floor of this church. And say, God, you show me whatever you want to show me. And I'm going to nourish it. And I'm going to
1: hold it. And I'm going to be faithful to it. And I'm not going to sell it. He has many things.
0: He's ready to reveal. Praise God. Praise God. Let's worship him. Put your hands in the air right now. Ask the Lord to show you something. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. The vision that the Lord had shown me about my dad and God had called us, the Lord actually called me to the mission field within days after I received the Holy Ghost. I didn't exactly know what it was, but that's what it was. And I lived with that scripture. Uh, we were in dire circumstances. Because of sickness and uh, sin before we came to God. But the Lord had shown me a vision. The Lord has spoken to me. He had identified Ethiopia in the word of God. And told me that those people would soon stretch forth their hands unto God. And I didn't know any Ethiopian. But I had a vision about what Ethiopians. I knew that most Ethiopians were darker skinned people. So after that, after that visitation, every dark-skinned person I saw became an Ethiopian. They probably thought I was crazy sometimes just looking at them, and I could see them with their hands lifted up and worshiping God. Hallelujah. That stayed with me all that time. Listen, one visiting evangelist there, I was cleaning the church, and I was singing, and he came out of the office where he was studying, and he said, Oh, would, would you be willing to sing that tonight? I said, it's not a song. He said, well, you're singing. I said, it's, it's a prayer. I'm praying. I'm just singing, putting it to the song. So we talked a minute and I told him a little bit about our, our call. And later, I heard this man say, She actually believes that they're going to be missionaries to Ethiopia. And when I heard that, I said, he's right. I do actually believe it. I have a vision of a church in Ethiopia. Boy, it said on the main thoroughfare, it's about the size of this one or bigger. And it was full. And there were people worshiping and praying. The sound of intercessory prayer was going on through the night. And as I said before, when we got to Ethiopia, it was to work with the people with leprosy in order to even get to stay there. And we went through all of that. And then the revolution started. And we were advised to leave after one term. But we had baptized 3,000 people up to that time hallelujah baptizing the first one 10 months after we arrived in that country and so excited about everything and what god was doing hallelujah and the miracles are the miracles the miracles and that's what we've heard today there are more miracles here god wants to do more miracles the winds are blowing and blowing in every direction the winds of god are stirring up hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let God give you a vision. Let Him show you what He's
1: doing. Connect yourself to it. Don't just be Wednesday night, Sunday morning.
2: Be every
1: day, all day, all time.
0: It's my vision. Praise God. Praise God. I I thought we finally... Heard of some Ethiopians that lived in Oklahoma and on our deputation, we went there. One, uh, the young minister last night asked me about a few things. And I told him, I said, you know what? We went away to Bible school in a borrowed pickup truck with all of our goods packed in cardboard boxes. We didn't own a suitcase then. We didn't own it. About two pieces of furniture. We had a vision. We had an appointment. Praise God. A real appointment. And when we took our children out of school, we packed our things, put them in the boxes in the living room floor, and we didn't have the money to get out of town. We didn't know how it was going to happen. My husband, Garrett, gathered. We had four children of our own and one we were raising. We knelt down in that living room floor and started to pray. Our pastor had felt for us to go. A knock came on the door, and there stood a sinner man. He said, I don't understand what you're doing. These children belong here and you're taking them away, he said, but I have to help you. And he handed us a $100, and there was no expensive gasoline then, none of that stuff. It would get us to Houston. And, and that's the way we went. And after we got in a house for $100 a month, I was going to work and send Brother Wendell to school. When Brother Foster called me in, he said, you need to go to school too. So I enrolled in school. We slept. Our bed was cardboard boxes uh, broken down with a mattress put on it on the floor in our bedroom. We didn't have a bed. We didn't have anything. I saw an old junk truck passing by the front of our house one day. It was a pair of the old-fashioned springs, you know, the kind that... And I yelled at him and I said, how much are the springs? He said, five dollars. I said, I'll take them. And I... Sprayed them all and put some more cardboard on top of the springs, and we had our bed. Friday night. it was going to the store with a, a little bit of money that we made, but it, it wasn't about what we put on the table. It wasn't about what we slept on. It wasn't about uh, it was about the vision, it was about the destination. It was about the commitment, it was about the promise. Hallelujah. 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 When my dad got to the point of being saved, and Mother Alzheimer's Alzheimer's had already captivated so much of her. And, and uh, she'd prayed so long for my dad. I said, Lord, please don't let her miss this. Don't let her miss it. She's got to witness it. And we baptized him and my sisters. Swimming pool. Uh, there was no pastor at the church, and the baptistry broke, and I was going to take him to the lake. My sister said, let's use my swimming pool." So my dad went in the swimming pool. My sister's husband was working late. He was not a believer. And uh, I said we had all of the witness of all of all, all of the pets. I don't have pets. I have nothing that creepeth or crawleth that barketh or meoweth or nothing like that. At my house. I had all these kids. And they had them. And now I'm finished with them. My sister had all of them. She loved them. We had an audience. Uh, My sister's grandson went in. And helped my dad. And and got him there. And my my little mother had got her hair combed. And she's all neat. And fixed up. And when I started to baptize my dad. Now, my mom was Cherokee Indian, and sometimes some of the Indian nature remembers things a long time, especially things that have been done to them. And my mom had a long memory. My dad had been around her. and But she had prayed and prayed for her. She's standing up on a cinder block. I don't know how she even got up there or stood up. But when I baptized my dad, I said, Dad, I've seen thousands baptized in Africa. Thousands. But you are the genesis of my life. You are the genesis of my life. I'm baptizing you. This is different. This is something so special. Hallelujah. Dad, you are a promise. You are
1: a promise made to me in 1959. You are a promise. God keeps his promises. You are the one that measured the days. He does not even measure time like we measure time.
0: Hallelujah. And I said to my dad, Dad, every sin that you've ever committed is going to be washed away today in the sea of forgetfulness. And God will never remember... Them against you anymore. And I said, and nobody else should. My sister just walled her eyes because all of a sudden my mother shouted off of that cinder block and danced all over that backyard. And she stopped and looked up. She said, I knew it all the time. I knew it all the time. But how many times have we heard her say, He's not coming. Don't say that, mother. He's coming. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. My dad woke us up with a duck call every morning. So when I spoke at his funeral, I said, I am going to hear a trumpet. My dad is going to hear a duck. Because that's what he gave us all of those years. I'm, I'm telling you, there is something in those promises of God. Now, I want to talk to you about trust. Trust. Trust is not saying you trust God and then going and doing something. There's a real and there's a clone. There are people that try to clone ministries after other people's ministries. They tried to be somebody else. Listen, your DNA DNA is known by God, and nobody has a DNA like it. He made you like that. You are an individual. You have your own service to God. You have your own ministry. You have your own
1: vision. Praise God. Let God show it to you. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. To trust Him. Trust Him. To trust Him.
0: Well, we we got to Bible school. We got appointed from Bible school on that trip to the General Conference. Sixty something dollars in our pocket. We had to pay for a room, eight dollars a night. You know what you get in New Orleans for eight dollars a night? It's not in the choicest part of town. But where we stayed was not our goal. What we wore, my husband had a $39 J.C. Penney suit that I said everything but money stuck to it. All the fuzz, everything. And then he had two suits that cost $2.50 apiece at the Seaman's Mission where he did evangelistic work every weekend when he was off. I had homemade dresses. Very nice, but homemade dresses. We're going to General Conference. We're going to meet with the Mission Board. Well, who do y'all know? Well, we know the Lord. What have you ever done? Well, we did everything our pastor asked us to do, we worked hard, we tried to obey. We don't have great accomplishments. My little kids, when we first got the Holy Ghost, they said, "Mom, are you joining the donut club?" That meets at two o'clock in the morning on Friday and works and makes nice donuts and delivers them. I said, "Sure, sure." The pastor said, "Sister Bobby Jean." That's what we do in the South. It's two names, Sister Bobby Jean.
1: I want you to sell a hundred
0: dozen donuts. That was on the Monday after I got the Holy Ghost. On the Wednesday after I got the Holy Ghost, when he took up the orders, little sister Faye that helped bring me through the Holy Ghost, she turned in her orders of 60, and this one had a few, and that one had a few, and he's closing it out. I said, do you you want the ones I sold? He said, did you sell any? I said, you asked me to. And he said, how many did you sell? I said, a hundred. That's what she said. They'd never made that many donuts. We were making donuts at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, delivering them for evening coffee. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But I was in the donut club.
1: Praise God. I wanted to be... In it, God had shown us a vision, and he would bring it to pass. We didn't have any money. We didn't have any, we didn't know any government officials. We just had a burden, and a call, and a vision, and a trust that God was going to do it.
0: We knelt on each side of our bed. Before we went to talk to the men the next day, Brother Boga was the missionary over the mission department then, and he's pretty tough. So we had prayed and cried, and they asked us questions, and they, they asked me, Sister Wendell, how do you feel? Well, I just poured it out and told him how I felt. And Brother Volga looked and he said, We send men missionaries and their wives. We don't send women missionaries and their husbands. I said, Well, I blew that one. I mean. And then Brother Myers spoke up and said, Brother Volga, she was simply saying what you asked her. She was telling you how she felt. And they said, Well, do you ever. Call him anything but Brother Wendell. I said, yeah, call him honey. I think that's what got us the appointment, that I called him honey. You know, every day of that conference, a stranger or somebody we just met would walk up and hand us a $20 bill. God provided for us every day. And you know, we were appointed. Some people read it in the newspaper. They saw it. But, oh my goodness, we were appointed. First time we ever went. There are people that met the missionary board four and five times. And we just went one time. But you know, there was a man on that missionary board that when we said Ethiopia, he started weeping. He was from Canada. I, I can't remember the name right now. But he started weeping. He said, my wife has been praying for Ethiopia for 40 years. She has called out and asked God to send missionaries. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this thing is connected. It's connected. And you can get involved in it. And you can be a part in it. Oh, we are a church in Stockton. Yes, we pray for our area and our city. But God will use you to birth revivals in countries that you never will see. You never will see them. You can have a burden for them. And you can
1: have a vision. And God used you. In intercession. And travail. To birth. A move of God.
0: Well, we had to leave Ethiopia without having seen what I thought was my vision. I went back to Ethiopia in 1980. We had to leave in 73, 72. In 1980, the communists were ruling. Our little service was held. We praised the Lord, and the communists were singing their songs. I visited there. Everything was underground. But the church had grown. When I visited Ethiopia, after Brother Wendell's death, and I went back, we had left 3,000 people baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. When I visited back, there were 6,000. While the church was underground, God had doubled. I'm telling you, a vision from God is worth. Holding a vision of God is worth obeying a vision of God is worth your time and your effort and everything that you are it's worth your attention it's worth your involvement it's worth your sacrifice. Hallelujah you want the fire of God to fall on your life you know where the fire of God falls it falls on sacrifice yes it does hallelujah
1: hallelujah and if you want the fire of God put the sacrifice
0: on the altar. So we left there, and of course I lost Brother Wendell. My children got married, and things changed. But I still had that vision of that church. And so in 1990, I went back to Ethiopia and I walked in the church and there were all of these people. And that was majestic. That was majestic. But the next time I went, and I went many times in the 1990s, many times, raised a lot of money for Ethiopia. But the vision, what I had seen, I hadn't seen exactly what was in my mind. I saw that big church. I saw it full of people. I heard the people in the night praying because there were prayer warriors guarding all night long, every night, praying intercessory prayer. There was a little old woman that had been brought to us when we were there before we had to leave. She was a little woman that one of our young men had gone to the marketplace and waited on the Holy Ghost uh, to let him know who he should talk to. And he stopped this little old woman and started. He was a very quiet young man. He began to witness to her. Hallelujah. 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 And when uh, he invited her or when she, he said something to her, she said, oh, I've been waiting on you. I, I saw you in a dream last night. I was climbing a mountain and there was a huge light that shined down and I could speak, but I couldn't see who had the light. And whoever was behind the light said, there will come one tomorrow that will take you where you need to go. And she said, here you are. I have seen you. And he brought her to the church. The demons rose up in her that had troubled her. Within a few moments, they had those demons cast out. And Mama Abedish received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She did not have one family member. She didn't have anybody, but God gave her the church. One of the ladies gave her a sweater. One of the ladies gave her some shoes. Brother Wendell wanted to go pick her up in the in the truck and to bring her to church because she was old. And she said, no, Brother Wendell, I don't have a coin to give, but I can walk, and so I want to walk to church, and that will be my offering. I have no money to give, but I will give this offering. Mama Abedish, before I left Ethiopia, she wanted a picture of me, and she said, I will put it beside my bed, and I will pray for you every night. I didn't see Mama Abedish for 10 years until I went back there in 19... 90, and she was living at the church. Communism came tearing down in 1990. Mama Iberish had cooked for the communists for 17 years and in that big old kitchen little bitty lady all bent all stooped and when I saw her in 1990 I didn't recognize her. Brother Techley Marion brought her out of the back of the house and he said Sister Wendell do you remember her and I looked and then I said no and and then I understood it's Mama Aberish, uh, the little lady, and she came over and she said, Oh, she was almost blind. She she took my face in her hands, she said, I asked the Lord to let me see you in person one more time before I passed out of this life. Mama Aberish, hallelujah. And guess what? Mama Aberish was the intercessor in that big old church in Addis Ababa. I watched her one time when I was there when Brother Techley Miriam got very sick and couldn't get out of his bed. This little old woman walked out of the church through the front gate of their home and walked right through the living room. She said nothing to anybody and she walked straight up the stairs and she knelt down on a cement floor at the door to his bedroom and she only left there for her own personal need and then she came back You've tried kneeling on cement for a long time and see how it is. But she knelt there and prayed. And I finally went over and I said, Mom, I'm bearish. How long are you going to stay here? And she said, until Brother Techley Mariam gets up and he is healed. I am planted here. And in the middle of the night, Sister Walker, in the middle of the night, you could wait and go to the front door. The guards would be posted everywhere. And there would be a little bit of light in that big old church. And you'd see this little hunched body like this walking and praying and praying. The vision is worth
1: It's worth it. It's worth it.
0: If you won't give it up, don't sell it, don't give it away, don't trash it, don't sin on it. Hallelujah. Hold it. Hold it. Be obedient to it. Praise God. God knows those. And the book of Nahum said he cherishes those who trust him, who trust him. My oldest son. He lo- he he's been a fighter ever since he was big enough to fight. And I think he loves it. He said to me one day, "Mother, don't you ever get mad at God?" I said, "I've never been mad at God." I've never asked God why. I've lost a son. I've lost a husband. I have a call still to Ethiopia. Out of 57 years of call, I spent approximately five years in Ethiopia. I don't get to go there. I see them in the airports. They're still my people. They were my vision. I saw them. I saw that church. It was the second big church built, full, 15,000 people. No motels. No baskets waiting on you. None of that. They came, they brought their children. They slept on straw mats on the grounds of the church. They woke the little kids up early, took a wet Rag at a hydrant. Wash your face. The night before, they had prayed until three o'clock in the morning. Brother Techley shut it off at three. He said there has to be a little sleep here. And they prayed intercession and travail and shouting until three o'clock. Slept a few hours, then got up and the little sleepy kids and. Wipe them up and go to the outdoor bathroom facilities and go to church. Go to church. Toward the end of the last few years, I got to go there. I went to a place that I'd never been. It's called Bore. And even past where the crusade site was, it was way past. The people were nomadic people. They didn't build big houses or They were outdoors people. They were strong people. A warrior. They were warriors. I went. The man that was the leader, he had built us a round house. And to keep the uh, insects and everything down, eucalyptus leaves had been spread all over the floor. They had bought nice beds, and they had them just in pie-shaped, you know, around that. But there were no partitions, no doors, no nothing. So all of us slept in our clothes the whole time we were there because we all slept in the same room. The first night, I heard the sound. We covered the whole side of the mountain. There were thousands. Each one of them had built their little fire. They had their straw mats where they would sleep on the ground that night on the mountain. They had their little pot of coffee going. A little bit of bread for the kids. Their drums to worship by. And I heard them as they started. This group, this group, this group. And the fires began to burn. The mountain lit up in the night, and I kept going to the door and looking. And finally, one of the young preachers said, Mom, do you want to go down there? And I said, Oh, yes, I really do. And he said, put a wrap around you. And I went. And I'd go to this little campfire and eat a bite of bread, take a sip of coffee, dance a little bit, listen to the drum. Hallelujah. Then I'd go to the next one. That mountain erupted in fire and Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And the sound of it was majestic. It went to the heavens. I saw women riding into that conference, riding on horses with nothing but monkey skin for a saddle. And those women would fly in there, jump off those horses, tie them up, and find their place and start their worshiping.
1: I've seen... The vision he let me see. He let me see. It won't fail. I just need to walk higher. Open the eyes of
0: us all today and help us see the vision, O oh Lord, that you have for this people that sit under the sound
1: of my voice this day. Let them hear the sound of the wind.
0: And let them be.
1: Ah. Uh, let him show you something. Let him connect you today! Don't walk separated! Join yourself to the vision! To it! give you a burden like you have not felt in a long time. Let him move on your heart and soul and revive
0: intercession and travail in your life. Show me the vision.
1: Hallelujah. 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 Lift up your voices. Lift up your voices. Oh ye people, lift up your voices. Hallelujah. You have ears to hear. Let him talk to you. Hallelujah. It's time to respond. I want to be a part of the vision. I want to be a part of what God does. The wind is blowing. The stirring has come. I hear the sounds of the wind. I hear the sounds of praise, hallelujah, from the newborn. I hear the songs of the newborn.
0: In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, some of you men that are sitting under the sound of my voice, the Lord's waiting on you to stand up on behalf of your family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let your voice be heard today in the house of God. You need to move on that right now, if you will. Hallelujah. Some of you men, step out and come up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, make your commitment to God. Join yourself, oh Lord. I will be a part of the vision. I'm not going to sit back any longer. I'll speak for my family. I'll speak for my wife. I'll speak for my children. I'll be the first. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm the first creation. I'll be the first one, hallelujah, bringing myself. Hallelujah, I will be a part of the vision, I will be a part of what God is going to do. Hallelujah. 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 It's more than a women's conference. It's more than a women's conference. Hallelujah. It's something God
1: is designed and is doing. Others. Others. Step out. Here Something. I have felt something. I have heard
0: something with some of the singers. I heard the sound of those people praising and worshiping until four o'clock in the morning. And when four o'clock struck, the praising stopped and the intercession and travail started. And it lifted the whole mountain. The sound of intercession and travail. Praise God. It lasted an hour. And then there was silence. My God, if we spend more time in front of the mirror than we spend. And travail in intercessory prayer.
1: Let the sound hallelujah.
0: I hear the sound of it.
1: coming with the wind. It's the voices of those that for hundreds of years they stayed faithful over generation, over generation, over generation, over generation. And they're telling us don't fail now. Don't fail now. Do you hear them? They had no telephones. They had no television.
0: They had no computers.
1: But their voices speak to us from the grave today. And say.
0: Let's lift our hands again, everybody that's in here. Will you lift your hands up? Go
2: ahead and sing.
1: Could I hear the sound of intercession and travail
0: rise up out of these people in front of me?
1: Can you blend your voices with those?
2: Lift it up.
1: Time of
2: visitation. Open the floodgates
1: of heaven. It's the visitation. It's work time. It's time to go to work. It's time to go to
2: work. Time to play!
0: Burning, and the sound of the intercession and travail from four to five, and then quietness as everybody got ready. Church, we gathered in a natural amphitheater, and these nomadic people. There was only two vehicles there: ours and someone that else had. There were horses. There were mules. Many had walked miles. And when the little choir got up to sing, these warrior people, they were one of the fiercest tribes in Ethiopia. They started singing. And their song was this Babylonie, Babylonie, Babylon. Spit my people out That belong to me You idols of Babylon And you speak to the idols of Babylon That are in your area And you speak to them today And you speak to them in the service And say spit our people out You have devoured too many of them already Hallelujah Hallelujah. It's here. The visitation is here. The winds are here. I hear them. The sound of rain is here. I hear it. I hear the voices of the elders coming back over the forces of time
1: saying, This is it. Be faithful to it. Be faithful as we were faithful to our generation.
0: Be faithful. This is your vision. And
1: even after
0: Borei, the crusade, the first one I went to, we drove up. There were thousands there, over 200,000 people in that particular one. There was a choir of a 1,000 people with homemade robes on, shouting, jumping like gazelles, just in a platform huge platform where the preacher sat, four five interpreters praise God is this your vision sister Wendell this is it this is what I saw this is what I saw and the Ethiopian government tried to stop it and other politics tried to stop it hallelujah but greater is he that's in you than He that's in the world. Hallelujah. And if you are yielded to He, hallelujah, outside forces are not going to stop you. They're not going to stop you. They'll cheer you on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when I observed out all of these people and the way they were organized and the way they were shouting and worshiped the Lord in the line of soldiers with the rifles turned sideways as posts, To keep the people out from rushing the ministry. They just wanted to touch the ministry. Is this it, Sister Wendell? This is it. This is it. It's really true. What the Lord showed me many years ago. These are not rich people. They're not taking up offerings. These people, Sister Wendell, walked sixty miles to get here, and they're in drought and they're starving, and their babies are sick. But mothers walked sixty miles carrying those babies to be in the service today. That's my vision. My vision for the United States of America. Is that for us to forget that if we think we deserve everything God has done for us. And a wave of thanksgiving come over us. And a willingness to sacrifice. I'm not talking about offering that money. Other things are sacrifice. When I spoke in one church in Ohio and I asked What if I ask you to bring the thing tonight that was the most meaningful to you that meant a lot to you and you would give it to God? And I heard the cry of one man and he lifted up a little five-year-old girl on a pillow that was a cracked baby. She had that affliction because of her dad and mom and their drug, But the dad lifted that pillow up and brought her down. He was called to preach. They tended to her. And he said, Sister Wendell, this is the most precious thing in my life. Right here on this pillow. Did you know what God did? In just a few weeks, he took her home where there was no more crack, problems. He received the sacrifice. These people that were sick, that had walked, they prayed all night long. Some other people that were visiting there, were asked to pray for them and they had felt like they'd already prayed so Brother Teckley turned to me and he said, Sister Wendell, uh, others are going back to the hotel. These people are desperate. Will you help us? I said, yeah. So Tector, Miriam and Mary and Sister Wendell stayed and prayed with them. Vomited on, spit on, Trash, walk 60 miles in their condition to sit up and drink water out of a tank truck that came from a muddy river and a few little pieces of bread they might have. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, I'm trying to tell you that there's people here. And God has opened the door and the winds are blowing. And this is a new day. This is a new day. This is a new day. And I believe we're going to take advantage of it. And we're going to be a part of the vision. Everybody that wants to be a part of it, lift up your hands right now. You that... I'm, I'm not trying to ID you, but they have not been involved in intercession and travailing prayer in a long time. Would you lift up your hands and ask God to visit you with that one more time? That's what will birth and sustain what God wants to do. Hallelujah. Let's approach Him. Lift up your voices. Hallelujah. Lift up your voices. Let them be heard. It came in with a sound, it'll go out with a sound, hallelujah, and it needs a sound in between, just the greatest sound that we can make in the name of Jesus.
1: Lift up your voices! Woo! Will. All of you that are sitting out there, oh, would you extend your hands toward the
2: altar? This
1: church of right heaven. now. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the blood I gates I have rain. a man, John.
0: south I want some of you facing the east and some of you facing the west you know those directions I don't know them from here but let's everybody that will be involved in stand to your feet and stand in the direction to face wherever I have described and what you're going to be a part of northeast south and west hallelujah I want you to extend your hand in the direction And I want you to pray. God, stir up the south. Stir up the north. Stir up the east. Stir up the west. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the wind stir it up. Let it stir it up. Let it begin to whirl. Let the whirlwind come. God has his way in the whirlwind. Send the whirlwind to Stockton. It's in the
1: whirlwind. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The visitation has come.
0: that you're praying for pray as if you're responsible for every one of them in the name of Jesus
1: in the name of Jesus Woo! give expression give expression move in the Holy Ghost in the Holy Ghost.
0: be against you. I watched an enemy of truth walk into one of those conferences and make his way up to stand in front of that majestic pulpit. And he started cursing the oneness message. He started cursing the oneness message. And all of those preachers on the platform just started knocking down his cursing with blessing. Bless, Kill that curse. Kill it. And I watched God paralyze that man from the neck down. All he could move was his head. And they picked him up like a tree and carried him out. His head was still turned, trying to curse the truth. I'm going to tell you, what you are living and what you are desiring and what you are following, there's no man. The head of security in Ethiopia, told my husband so many times, I'm going to break the back of this church. I'm going to break the back of this church. My husband said, no, greater men than you have tried that. It's still here. It's still here. Through 17 years of communism, through four years of the government of Ethiopia putting every preacher in jail, taking their shoes off, and beat, if they had shoes, and beating the bottom of their feet till they could not walk. And as we pray for one of them, and what are you going to do, son? Mom, as soon as my feet are healed, I'm going back to the same place that I was, and I'm going to preach. I want that kind of fire to get hold of a ministry here, the young man, instead of just wanting to be somebody, you know, that's already got a great developed ministry, just find what
1: God's got for you. Well,
0: let's worship him again. I think Sister Haney has been translated.
1: You know what? You cannot dismiss a service like this. God's holy presence has reached down and his wind has blown in this sanctuary. Oh, come on. I just wish my husband were alive to see this service today because that's what he wanted to see was the presence of the Lord. And it has filled this conference every single day, every single night. Would you, if you're a sister, get another sister, a brother, get another brother. And let's put your arms around them as unity do not want to break what we've had this weekend. We wanted to continue and be united because this is what God wants in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, God. Woo.
2: Like a body wind, Lord. Hallelujah.